0: Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. And today I am doing something a little different than what I normally do. I am not, this episode is not me interviewing anyone or having a conversation with anyone. This is just me talking, and something that I've been thinking about doing for a little while. And then today I actually got a message from a friend. An old friend who was wondering if I had any episodes on postpartum depression and I don't I haven't had any interviews with people who have um, where we've talked about it and it was it's kind of funny because like I I got postpartum depression and so and that that it was actually uh, postpartum depression that made me realize that I had depression and then it just kind of never really went away, and then I went on medication, and then that's when I realized that I had depression longer than um, longer than I had initially thought. Uh, you know, it started probably in my teen years, and so uh, postpartum though is like it's a it's a big part of my journey, and. So I'm going to take just a little, not very long, but I want to talk a little bit about postpartum depression. And I think in the future, I'm going to be doing more episodes just about um, some of my personal experiences or just some of my thoughts on things and see if that's something that you out there can relate to. Um, And also, I just got to say, if you hear barking, that's because my puppy, Picard, is playing with our cat, Archie. And so it's not... Uh, aggressive barking it's playful barking if that helps make it any less distracting so uh, anyway but I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of my experience with postpartum Um, and I think that this is something that perhaps most mothers who have experienced postpartum feel the need to say before they talk about the way that they felt in postpartum like with postpartum depression Um, it's that what i'm about to say does not at all reflect how i actually feel about my children and about motherhood it's something completely separate this is not something that i realize it's something that not just because just because i feel it doesn't mean that it's true and i've definitely had feelings of in the opposite direction you know so Please be mindful of that. And I'm really, I, I know that a lot of people come on the show and it's and it's been a, an incredible experience for these people because of all of you, this community that um, we've created where people can talk about these sensitive things. Yeah. And it's a very open community, a supportive community where we understand that when it comes to depression or emotions or mental illness a lot of what we feel doesn't necessarily reflect what we know to be true. So um, I, w- I I feel the need to say that. I think that eventually, like, I think that that's not something that I should feel the need to say. But uh, be that because of the culture that I feel like I need to say it or just because of myself that I feel like I need to say it, my own insecurities, either way. I said it so for me postpartum depression um, I got it really bad after my second child and um, and I actually had prenatal depression as well I just didn't know that it was a thing so I didn't think that it that it was the case um, but when I while I was pregnant with my second child I was incredibly depressed. I um, would, and I, I, I know that I've talked about this on other uh, podcasts where um, I would feel like I would, I would just I had such a deep hope, hopelessness, and I really felt the need to hide it. And so my husband would go off to uh, to work, and I would be home with my our our oldest child our first child and I would put her down for her nap and she would nap for an hour or two and then okay hold on I'm closing the door because Picard is just out of control right now one minute dogs and kids I swear it's like it's like they wait until you need them to be quiet and then that's when they make all the noise um, but anyway, as I was saying, I would put, uh, our oldest down for her nap and then I would go to bed and I would cry until she woke up. And sometimes I wouldn't be able to stop crying. So, um, but it was like, I knew that I had to continue on with my day. So I would, um, I would get her, I would just, and I just basically had tears just coming, just rolling down my face. It was like, Sometimes I'd start sobbing. Sometimes it was just I couldn't control the fact that my eyes were just kept watering and I would just kept crying. And I would continue on with the day while just crying through the whole thing. And then um, after I had our second, I lost a lot of weight very rapidly. Um, and I definitely had like – I one of my – Actually, I would say coping mechanisms or possibly like a defense mechanism is that I act like I'm really happy all the time. And I I don't do that so much anymore. But definitely at that time, that was what I did. I acted like I was just really happy all the time. So people would see me and my, my oldest and then our newborn and I would be quite thin and they'd just be like, wow, like... You're so lucky. And because it's like, you know, you don't even look like you had a kid and you got these two healthy children, which I really do understand that having two healthy children, it it is really lucky. And I don't want to downplay that. Um, But um, they just be like, you know, how did you lose so much weight so quickly? And like, and the honest answer would be that I breastfed, and was really depressed so I was burning and I, I started running because I felt like I needed to get that exercise to get you know that boost to help me feel better and it did kind of work it I guess perhaps it kind of took a bit of the edge off but it certainly wasn't um it wasn't sufficient it wasn't all that I needed I definitely needed more help but I just was so unaware of how badly it had gotten like how bad it had gotten that I just continued to run a lot and so I just lost a lot of weight and it was to the point where like my doctor said you know I I wasn't unhealthy yet but it was to a point where I was starting to have back problems because I just I didn't I just lost too much weight and uh, my doctor just said you know you're okay now but you can't lose any more weight and if you do like we're gonna have to start stepping in so it was like it was not quite the weight thing wasn't serious but it was almost serious and um and then I just like I had this like I, I just felt like my life was amounting to nothing like I felt like a nobody And I felt, I felt invisible and um, people would, you know, look at me and the baby and or a lot of times it'd be, they'd just look at the baby and they'd be like, oh, you know, what a beautiful baby. And, um, you know, ask all these questions about the baby. And it was just like, well, what about me? Like, I understand that you, of course, you want to ask all these questions about the baby, but it was just like, I was invisible. Nobody cared about what was going on in my life. I was no one. And I would have a lot of people say, you know, like, oh, that baby like looks nothing like you. Uh, They look just like uh, your husband, and that killed me because I was already away from my family too. And so, and the thing is, like, our kids look a lot like both of us. (laughs) Anyone who knows, anyone who's had a conversation with me about this is probably like, and listening to this right now, they're probably laughing because I can get quite heated about this. The kids look like both of us. Okay. They look like both of us. I don't get it. Like, I can understand, yes, our daughter and our youngest son definitely have Sean's eyes. I can see that. And yes, uh, our middle child, he has my eyes. And there are definitely little things that you're like, oh, yeah, that looks like Sean. And oh, yeah, that. But there are things that look like me, too. And Sean and I look so much alike. Like, we're both dark haired, kind of like, maybe my skin is a bit more olive toned, but um Dark eyes, dark hair. It's just it's not that far of a stretch to just kind of be like, they look like both of us. Anyway, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get back off that because otherwise I'm going to go on for too long. But it was a huge contributing factor to me just feeling like I was invisible. And it the fact that I already felt invisible made it so that I was much more sensitive to those comments. It didn't hurt. It hurt me. And I felt like, I felt the fact that I had kids made it so I basically ended my life. Like, it felt like um, I couldn't aspire to anything else. And that if I had any other passion outside of mothering my children, it was selfish. And... I felt like every day every day I would get up and it was like I my body was made out of lead. It was so difficult to get out of bed. It was physically difficult to get out of bed. And it I the postpartum depression after our second child carried on until like we had our third child quite quickly after the second and I had Um, prenatal depression and again really struggled with my weight and was and I because I had a lot of trouble eating I would get even more sick and you know with the whole morning sickness which is in my case I felt it all the time and I think that's pretty typical and um It just kind of, I was really in a bad headspace. I felt like nobody liked me and um, that it wouldn't matter if I was around or not. Definitely had suicidal thoughts. And um, I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking, well, if I died, like, um, sure, the kids would be sad, but they're young enough that they wouldn't really care. Like, they would get over it. And um, just basically trying to, I was trying to justify the feeling that I had nothing to offer and that it was just better if I if I just didn't exist, if I just wasn't around. I was convinced that my presence was more damaging in my children's life than me not being there. I, like I thought that I would actually be doing them a favor. If I wasn't around anymore, I thought that I would also be doing my husband a favor if I wasn't around anymore. Like everything about me felt like a burden and um, taking time for myself, which I now understand is a very healthy thing to do for anyone to purposefully take time for yourself. That idea, I think that it's pretty natural for a mother even without um, postpartum depression to struggle with because it seems so selfish Uh, because it feels like you should be giving everything, everything to your children and uh, so that feeling definitely made it much more difficult for me to realize that no I need to take care of myself and it's because you're also setting an example to your children of what it looks like to take care of yourself because you want your kids to grow up knowing how to take care of themselves so that they can be strong and contributing citizens. And, but it was just something that I, you know, you just kind of get so lost in this, um, in your head. I found that I just got so lost in my head that I would come up with all of these conclusions that weren't true. But I, but because they were, they could kind of help justify why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. I believed that they must be true. And then I would try to find, um, like, basically the I try to find the solution to that, which would always end up being, it would always lead to me concluding like I shouldn't be around anymore. And and it was like, and you know, obviously I don't have a life outside of this because I don't have anything to offer. So there's no point in me leaving. It was more like I should just not live anymore. And I. Like, that was the biggest thing that I struggled with, personally. I know that people um, will struggle with different, like, I know that people will struggle with um, wanting to, like, throw their kid out a window. And um, I, like, definitely, uh, I didn't have, like, a feeling of wanting to throw my kid out the window or anything. But but I did, like, um, I would get so, so frustrated with my um, with my kids when they were just doing normal kid things like it wasn't even like they would be having a tantrum they would just be a kid you know like kids they push back on things because that's what that's what their job as a kid is you know children are learning they're they're figuring out boundaries they're figuring out how they're supposed to operate in this world and um, I just couldn't I just saw it as a failure on my part and I felt and I felt like, like I would just, I would yell at them. I would, I would yell. And not like a normal, like, like raising your voice, but like actually yell. And, um, and of course that's not going to help anyone. And like, I hope that none of my kids can remember me doing that. Um, I know that they know that they're loved. So, um, and I know that, It doesn't make me a terrible parent. It doesn't make me a terrible mother. It makes me someone who, at the time, was not equipped with the tools that I needed in order to make a better judgment call and understand what I truly needed. And um, I would also, like, I I can remember one instance where um, I was pregnant with our third and... um, I was in school I was in university I was taking just a couple courses and I was up late that night it was near the end of the year of the school year I was up late I was working on an essay that I would had already had to had the deadline of it pushed back a few times because we all kept getting the flu and um, so then it was the last night like I couldn't have the deadline pushed back anymore I needed to get this essay done I was at the computer working on it and um my middle child woke up and he was crying and so I went up to comfort him and he wouldn't stop he just wouldn't stop and it was like in my head it was just like just stop just like why won't you just stop I need you to just stop and I was like doing just like a gentle like shh of noises trying to soothe him and then I noticed that they suddenly started getting louder and then I realized that I was starting to squeeze him and thankfully like it got to a point where I I realized what was happening and I I then I set him down and I just had to leave I had to leave the room and um and that was one of those things where after it happened all of a sudden everything came together for me like it was like now I I do understand how women get to such a hopeless point where they feel like where they they shake their baby like I I understood um and uh it just you know it's it really opens up a lot of doors to the darkness in you You know, those things that all of a sudden you realize I am capable of being a horrible person. And I think that we all kind of have that in us. And in my case, it just really came out with depression, uh, with postpartum depression and prenatal depression. So those are some of the things that like, you know, of course, I'm not really proud of, but um, that's the truth. And I know that I'm not alone. And I know that if I, if I was listening to this podcast a few, like five, six years ago, it would have been so helpful. I would have felt so relieved. So I'm hoping that maybe this can do the same thing for somebody else. If you have any questions or you want to discuss any of this, get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter, although, I, admittedly, I don't really check Twitter that often. But find me at optimistically depressed. Uh, you can also go to my website, optimisticallydepressed.com. You can email me through that. You're not alone, and um, if there's any other, like, ideas for points of discussion that maybe you'd like me to p- potentially cover, I can't say that I would have anything fruitful to say on any topic, but I would, you know, if I have something I could I feel like I can contribute I definitely will so yeah do that thank you so much for listening to me I hope that this was helpful for you and uh just remember that you know wherever you are know that I am here I'm sitting here loving you and I'll be talking to you soon